Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is good, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on InsideCarolina.com's Coast to Coast podcast. New edition, signing period, basketball getting started. You know we had to bring the heat. We are brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Thanks for being here. As you know, I am your host, Joey Powell. Man, we've got a crowded room tonight, but there is a lot of knowledge and a lot of savvy uh, dressers in the room. I'll be honest, I had to put on a quarter zip because I had three collars and me looking like a man that had just walked out of uh, Planet Fitness. So I appreciate the three guys that have joined us. You know Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran. You've come to expect great things from them here at Inside Carolina on the Coast to Coast. But we are joined tonight by 24-7's National Basketball Analyst, recruiting genius Travis Branham. Travis, how are you, man? I'm great. Appreciate you guys having me. I'm uh, honored to be in your all's presence. You guys are uh, the best in the business. Um, hey. I really enjoy all your all's work. So, Sherell uh, and Sean might here. be the best in the business. I'm just I'm just along for the ride, but I appreciate the accolades anyway. I will I will gladly catch some uh some misdirected praise anytime I can get it. Travis, look, we wanted to bring you in because uh, as this show will be dropping uh, on the 8th, the fall signing period starts. And as we've talked about many times here on the Coast to Coast, this has been a long and winding road for Hubert Davis to secure this 2023 class. It's going to consist of Simeon Wilcher, a 6'4", 185-pound combo guard out of Russell Catholic in Jersey, and Zayden High, a 6'9", 225-pound power forward from Texas by way of Chandler, uh, Arizona, and Compass Prep. First things first, Travis, I want to ask you, did you anticipate – this class ending up where it ended up? Uh, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, they, they did a good job and, uh, they went out and landed one of the top guys who you typically come to expect, uh, North Carolina kind of going out and getting, um, in Simeon Wiltshire first and foremost, um, him committing so early was honestly a bit of a surprise. Um, but the fact that they were able to go out and get a composite five-star, not surprising in the least. And then, um, going after and getting a guy like Zayn High, obviously 
they were more involved uh, with a guy like TJ Power early on, um, but they pivoted when uh, things became clear that he was not going to end up at North Carolina. So um, the fact that they were able to land uh, one of the top guys in the country, um, but then go out and get a solid addition who's going to be a good four-year player for this program, uh, no, to me it's not surprising um, in the slightest, especially after having a, a pretty uh, deep 2022 recruiting class. When you were watching these guys over the past uh, the past AAU season, you know everybody's seen Sim Wilcher and they thought he was a big deal. North Carolina kind of got in on Zayden High late because he was a late bloomer, but also mm-hmm. because of things that materialized with UNC and this class and guys deciding to go elsewhere. What was your kind of impression the first time you saw Zayden High, and when did you realize, yeah, this could, could this kid could be a high major player? Yeah, I was actually uh, I think I was sitting there two or three seats down from the North Carolina staff. Uh, the first time I saw St. High, it was in the midst of that breakout weekend in Orlando, first live period um, of the EYBL. Um, a lot of guys were there watching Chris Johnson. Um, he was playing Sebastian Mack uh, and Trenton Flowers. Uh, Trenton and them, they were on, I want to say Vegas Elite. Somebody's going to correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but blanking. Doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah, I remember – but I remember sitting there during that game with North Carolina sitting right next to me, and all the coaches are starting to look at each other like, yo, who is this Zayden High kid? Um, the first impressions were obviously he's size. He's got a, a sturdy frame. He can handle contact. Um, but it was the motor and energy he played with that weekend in particular. He was all over the glass. Um, one of those guys that was putting up 10 rebounds a game about – I would have to go back and look exactly, but he was putting up big numbers on the glass – um, he was dynamic and, and able to get to the rim off face-up drives. Um, they also showed the ability to step out and knock down shots out to the three-point line. So um, all that, when you consider his size, his frame, uh, his ability to handle contact, the motor he played with, his ability to impact the game, both as a face-up four. He also showed he could score with his back to the basket against smaller defenders um, and stretch the floor is just one of those guys I was producing. You knew he had a high floor and going to be an effective four-year high major player. And that was, again, the breakout weekend. And I think after that, you saw dozens of high majors get involved and, and really jump into the picture there. Obviously, North Carolina continued to fill it out. But uh, first impressions was just this kid's going to be a solid four-year college basketball player. You mentioned earlier that you know North Carolina jumped in or, or got a commitment from Sim Wilcher pretty early. I think I know the three of us, uh, Sherelle and Sean and I, were were kind of shocked that he committed when he did. Now, I think a lot of folks who follow, you know, those types of recruitments were shocked that he committed when he did. What's your impression of him, of, of Sim Wilcher? I mean, the fact that he just gravitated towards North Carolina early, the kid obviously has some dog in him, seems to be a pretty, like you said, consensus five-star, seems to be a pretty highly regarded uh, player based on the competition level that he's seen. Can you share your impressions of Sim Wiltshire, if you if you could, just kind of distill those down a little bit? Yeah, he emerged early. We actually had him in the top 10 uh, when we debuted these 2023 rankings back during the middle of the coronavirus shutdowns. He was one of those kids that emerged early. He was younger brother of C.J. Wiltshire, kid who committed to Xavier, now at Nebraska. And honestly, most people, like myself included, uh, we all uh, kind of anticipated him ending up at Nebraska. Um but again, he surprised us all with North Carolina. I, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, I know you'll know, but I'm pretty sure North Carolina was his dream school. Um, but anytime you have uh, those family ties to a, a program like Nebraska, 
um, you kind of give a little bit of uh, an edge, competitive edge to those guys. Um, but anyway, yeah, he committed early and then first thoughts, score. Um, he's always been able to make shots on the perimeter and get to the rim. Uh, he is a competitor. Um, each night out, he's going to go out there and put his foot on the gas pedal. He's going to stay aggressive even if his shots are missing. Um, he is not afraid of taking that next one at all. Um, but he's almost—he's also a, a talented passer, and I think there's a lot of upside of, in him as a playmaker. Um, you see it come and go in flashes, but he's so wired to score um, that kind of shadows over that passing ability and just kind of, again, comes in flashes. So um, dynamic score, that's first and foremost with Simeon Wilcher and a guy who's really improved and extended his range beyond the three-point line. What, uh, you know, going, in, going into his senior year, playing with a, a pretty talented team, um, and, and pretty talented league that he's playing in, but you know, what, what do you want to see from him as a senior, as he's getting ready to go, go to UNC, uh, given some of his strengths and, and improvement areas? Yeah. really want to see an improved shot selection. Um, that's the case with most of the guys who are classified as scores at the high school level. Um, they're able to get away with really bad shots. Um, and he's, he, he's, uh, I wouldn't say among the worst in that crop at all, but, um, shot selection is definitely something that he needs to improve on. It impacts his efficiency and his consistency, um, especially on those nights when those tough shots just aren't falling for him. Um, again, he's not afraid to pull the trigger. He's going to keep taking them, but sometimes you got to say, got to take the step back, um, and, and be willing to impact the game in other areas. So if his shots aren't falling, he's not able to go out and create and uh, effectively score, uh, now you got to start playing it more as a playmaker facilitator and a guy who plays off the ball and taking and just making the open shots, simplify the game for yourself. Um, and then also just defensively, uh, I think that goes across the board just about with every single high school kid. You want to see them buy into the defensive end and really learn uh, how, how to impact the game on that end. Um, so a lot of it, Really, when you want to get down and simplify it down, it's really just maturing, um, maturing your mentality um, in your game. Because frankly, you're, he's not going to be able to come into North Carolina and take the same shot selection that he's going to be able to take, or that he takes at the high school level. Um, he wouldn't be able to do it at anywhere in the country, um, but specifically North Carolina. So um, it's just a matter of just maturing, improving that shot selection, and showing that you can be an efficient, um, efficient and dynamic guard who can play both on and off the ball and um, really be consistent and reliable um, coming into North Carolina. Hey, Travis, does it help or how much does it help for Zayden and Simeon to be at the schools they're at, the high schools, um, both lots of talent, um, playing very competitive national schedules? How much does that help them, you know, moving forward as they get ready to go to UNC in June? It helps a tremendous amount. I think uh, we definitely take that stuff into consideration. Um, whenever we're doing uh, projections with players. You want to see them going up against the best in the country. Excuse me. I think both of those guys um, are doing that this senior season. Uh, Zane Hyatt, Compass Prep, uh, one of the, again, premier uh, high school programs in the country. Um, they're extremely deep. They are tough. They play really hard. Um, and those guys are forced to buy into a role there. Uh, and that is something, again, in similar scenario with Roselle Catholic. Um, but even when you look across the board, IMG, Montbird, uh, any of these schools, you're playing amongst not only against the best, but you're playing with the best. You have great teammates around you. 
and you really start to feel out, okay, what's my actual role here? Because um, you can go from uh, just your typical high school down the road um, and be the complete star. You're able to have complete freedom and go out there and do whatever you want on the basketball court. But you don't really know who you are as a player until you enter into those uh, into those situations where you're surrounded by guys who are better than you. Um, and you you going out and taking your shot selection that you took uh, at your former high school, it's going to hurt the team. Um, so you got to figure out, okay, what are my strengths and my and my weaknesses here, and where do I kind of uh, flourish out on the court to continue to find uh, find playing time and contribute to a winning basketball team. Um, so. At the end of the day, it really helps the maturation process. Um, again, that uh, speaking to what I was saying with Simeon, like you learn how to take proper shots uh, and you're going to learn how to defend. Um, so just at the end of the day, you learn how to win. Um, so I think it it plays a huge, huge role and uh, really speeds up the development process of these guys as they head into college. Travis, I want to ask you, we talked about this uh, when we had Bossy uh, on a while back. Shrell and I and, and Sean, all three of us, just we talk UNC recruiting to death because that's our gig in this particular format. But I want to ask you, what is your perception on a national level of how Hubert Davis recruits and what's his perception amongst these, you know, these AAU coaches, um, you know, other college coaches? What what kind of uh, feelings have you gotten from him watching him step onto the recruiting scene, you know, replacing Roy Williams after so many years? You know, I'm going to be honest. I think we're all still feeling it out. Um, I think their recruiting has been really interesting. It's not the Roy Williams era of recruiting anymore. Uh, you see them getting involved with the uh, just a lot of different types of kids, a lot of different types of players um, that maybe didn't necessarily fit the same North Carolina basketball player that we saw two, three years ago um, and saw for 15, 20 years. Um, so, to be honest with you, yeah, we're, we're I think we're still feeling it out. Um, his reputation's obviously growing, especially after going to the Final Four in year number one. Um, I think that pays pays huge dividends out on the recruiting trail. Um, but it's also a new recruiting landscape that we're all trying to navigate um, with NIL, with uh, the transfer portal. Just so much happening that um, everybody's also trying to figure out their recruiting strategies. And I think North Carolina is probably still trying to figure out their recruiting strategy, just like everybody else in the country. So from a national perspective on the recruiting trail perspective, I think everybody's just tr still trying to feel out what this North Carolina uh, bas new basketball program um, is and what they're uh, kind of um, everybody, a lot of programs have their own, uh, I guess, ID out on the recruiting trail. You, you can go out, you can pinpoint, Oh, that kid's a Houston kid. That yeah. kid's a Duke kid. That kid's a like you used to be able to do with Roy Williams. That's a North Carolina kid. Um, it, it used to be pretty easy. So it's what what is North Carolina really going to kind of pride themselves on and really value on the recruiting trail? Um, and so for me, I'm still trying to feel it out because uh, again, they they've gone after a variety of different types of prospects. Um, and so it's going to be what do they have success with on the recruiting trail? Um, and kind of feel it out from there. So short answer time, and I'm going to ask all three of you guys these questions because we're talking about the 23 class. We're talking about Wilshire. We're talking about high. I'm going to ask each one of you, give me one word to describe each of the two uh, commitments and soon-to-be signees. Uh, Sherelle, I'll go to you first. Sim Wilshire, give me one word. Downhill. Okay. And you're allowed to elaborate. 
So basically, <laughs> I, I think he's at his best. I, I wasn't sure if we were supposed to elaborate. No, that's that. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right. I think he's best when he, uh, you know, comes off a ball screen and just attacks the rim because his size, his speed, um, his athleticism is very tough to stay in front of him. It's very tough to not foul him. So when he puts his head down, it's, it's very much like a running back in football going straight up the middle. It's, it's hard to contain. All right. Well done. Sean, same question. Uh, I'll go with versatile. I think he, you know, as, as Travis mentioned, he, he can do a lot on the floor, definitely needs uh, some improvement in some areas, but he can, he can handle the ball. He, he can play defense. When he puts his mind to it, he can, he can do a lot of things. I think the, the main thing for him is just going to be that the focus um, that he is playing with on both offensive offensively and defensively. And, and what level does he really want to want to play at? I think he's good enough to, to get by. Uh, but if he's really locked in, which we did see at times in peach jam, he can be one of the top players, but he can also blend in and, you know, it's hard to, um, you know, look at some of his teammates and see which one's going to North Carolina and which one's going to the mid major. So, um, while I said versatility, I do think focus might be the other, the other word I'll, I'll use. Well, I'm only going to give you credit for one of those and I'll, I'll let the listeners decide which one that is <laughs> Travis, one word describe Sim Wilcher. What do you got? Aggressive. There's not been a single time where I have gone and watched Simeon Wilcher and come away, um, being like, man, I wanted more out of him. Like, I needed more effort out of him. Um, every time the ball's in his hands, that dude is looking to score. Um, and again, he is not afraid of taking and, and pulling the trigger. Um, so I am going with aggressive, whether it's getting downhill, pulling up from three, or uh, showing, again, his confidence with the, with the shot selection he's willing to take four to five feet beyond the three-point line at times. I think all three of those words should get North Carolina fans and IC subscribers very excited about Simeon Wilcher arriving to Chapel Hill. All right. The other prospect of the class, Zayden High. Sean, give me one word. Potential. I think right now we've, we've had a lot of conversations on his shooting ability, and I think there is the opportunity for him to significantly increase what he's doing right now and become – um, a pretty strong shooter from the outside, just given his his form. I just think that shot selection needs some work. Uh, but I think the potential to turn into a a very strong stretch four, stretch five, uh, whatever he's playing, uh, whether it's next year or a few years down the road, I think he has that in him. Shrill? Uh Pesky. <clears throat> pesky. And, All right. Yeah, so I say that. I, I saw him like Travis the weekend when everything changed for him. And he was playing CP3 and Gigi Jackson. And again, he was a top player in the country uh, in, in that class at the time. And he really bothered him. He annoyed him. He did just enough. Like he got under his skin by, you know, making a couple of jump shots. And then once he made a couple of jump shots, he would pump fake and go by him. And then he did some stuff in the post. He was always on the board. So just the kind of player who will do just a, enough to annoy you and talk to you a little bit, but never push it past the line. I'm um, seeing a lot of that from him. All right. Interesting. Uh, Travis, same question. Same player. Uh, I'll probably go with reliable. Um, I think there's so much uh, that he can bring to the floor that's just going to make him a reliable four-year guy. You need guys like that in your program um, from rebounding to his face-up game um, and then even to what Sherell is saying, his, his pesky competitive attitude. you got to have that, um, especially at the high major level. Um, every program needs valuable role guys. Um, and to um, – uh, to the point of him being 
having upside and potential. Um, we'll also say like he can really kind of continue to uh, grow and develop and flourish into that role. I think um, might take him more than a more than a season, um, as you see with a lot of these kids. Um, but I really do think that uh, at the end of the day, when we look back on his career, when he's a senior, um, I think we're just going to look back and be like, man, he was a reliable four-year guy that we had. He might only average eight or nine points and three to four rebounds a game at times, um, played 25, 20 minutes a game. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be he was reliable. That's the type of player that North Carolina fans are going to recognize as having been very, very successful over the UNC basketball history is taking guys that were reliable, taking guys that were three or four year guys that weren't stars, but turned into stars during their time in Chapel Hill. Um, yeah, I was talking earlier in the show about having to put on a collared shirt because this group is, is so high class tonight. Uh, and if you're looking for a collared shirt, I'm going to tell you, you can probably find one at Johnny T-shirt right there on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. I didn't have to go to Johnny T-Shirt to get one because I happen to have one right here beside my desk. But uh, if I needed to go to Johnny T-Shirt, I could go to johnnytshirt.com and probably have one here relatively quickly uh, to put on for our recording. Uh, johnnytshirt.com, you know them, locally owned, alumni operated, big supporters of Inside Carolina and all of our content. We hope that you will check them out. Use that code that's on the premium message boards. Get your extra 10% discount off the top of their already amazing prices. Look, it's officially basketball season. By the time you hear this, North Carolina will have played a basketball game that counts. So now you can go get your basketball gear. You know, you can still watch football. Football teams have an amazing season. You can still be enthralled there, but you can also head on over to Johnny T-Shirt and get your basketball gear at the same time. It's easy to do. Support them. They support us. We appreciate them being a part of the Inside Carolina family. Going to take a quick break and let the national guys drop their ads in here, which will not be as good as the Johnny T-Shirt read. But we're going to let them run it anyway. We'll be right back with Travis Branham, Sean Moran, Cheryl McMillan on the Coast to Coast here on InsideCarolina.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, thanks for sticking with us. This is the Coast to Coast Podcast, the first official show of the season. North Carolina kicking off against uh, the mighty Seahawks from UNCW. As you hear this, it would have happened on Monday night. You know the score of that game because it already happened and will happen after we record this. But we're talking with Travis Branham, national basketball analyst. We've been talking about you know UNC's 2023 class, which just had a lot of different iterations and went a lot of different directions before uh, getting the signatures of Simeon Wilcher and Zayden High. Sherell, before we move on from this, do you want to give the insight as to uh, when you expect Wilcher and High to sign? 
Yeah, quick aside, uh, Travis, it's a long-running joke. Uh, <laughs> Sean just texted us, Angelo Brizzy scored his oh, first man. career college points. <laughs> and uh, during the summer of COVID, Angelo <laughs> Brizzy saved us all because we talked about him more than any other player maybe in the history of this podcast. So we're all huge Angelo Brizzy fans. So we, Welcome to the joke, Travis. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're excited to see him score his first college points. Uh, so I mean, He was a hot topic for all of us. He, well, yeah, yeah. So uh, on Wednesday, Compass Prep is having – uh, ceremony for all their guys who are signing. So that's when Zayden High will sign. So he will be officially a Carolina player on Wednesday. Uh, Sim Wilcher and his school, they're looking to do theirs next week. The period closes on Wednesday the 16th. And so they plan to do it on either the 14th or the 15th. So you won't get a release from Hebert Davis or UNC until both signatures are in. Um, so expect something like that probably next Monday or Tuesday. All right, man. Thanks for giving us that insight. It's uh. It's, again, helpful for folks because when they hear this, they might, well, I haven't seen anything from the school yet. Well, Sherelle just told you why you hadn't seen anything from the school yet. But those are the two guys that will make out this 2023 class. And we figured while we had Travis with us tonight, let's talk a little bit about 24 because 23 is put to bed officially. Uh, 2024, it seems like Hubert Davis has kind of already zoned in on the guys that he wants. He's already kind of identified what seems like one player at every position – Travis, what has been your perception or kind of how do you feel that, that Hubert Davis is attacking or he and his staff, I guess, are attacking this class and, and what they're looking for in 24? Um, guards, one. Um, he's obviously being, I think, a lot more aggressive with this class. I think they're they're going to need more guys in this class than they need in 23. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, again, I know you guys know this stuff like the back of your hand, so um, – but early on, it seems like, yeah, they're being more aggressive. But they also have uh, a handful of guys that are local and regional that you have to go after. Uh, Jaron Stevenson being one, Cam Scott being another. Um, so there's a – and I think there's more. Like you could even get into uh, – I think one that they're going to be keeping a close eye on will be Isaiah Evans, uh, uh, another local kid at uh, North Mech. Um, We currently have him top 25 in the class. I know they've – uh, kind of dabbled around and, and, and uh, watched them a little bit throughout the course of the summer. Um, so, uh, but for the most part, yeah, like you said, they're, they are identifying their guys that they want between uh, I would say like Elliot Cadeau, Boogie Flan, they got on an official visit already. Um, so they're being more aggressive. And uh, to me, it looks like they're going after a big 2020-24 class. Uh, and just to recap, I know Travis touched on a little bit, but the offers that are officially out right now, uh, there are six of them, seven if you include the commitment from Drake Powell, the 6'6", 175-pound wing guard out of Pittsburgh Northwood. He is one of the local boys that Travis mentioned. Uh, the other offers are Ian Jackson, who is – I'm going to give you the rankings also in 24-7 as it sits today. Uh, Ian Jackson, who is two, Elliot Cadeau, who is eight, Jaron Stevenson, a local kid, who is 10, Boogie Fland, who is 12, already taking a visit. Trenton Flowers, who took an unofficial, who's 21. And James Brown, who took his junior official, is 27. Um, Sherelle, is is it too early to kind of say that there might be the class within the class with these guys? Do you feel like that's a little too early to talk about? Because I know that's one of your favorite things to mention here on the show. Um, Yeah, probably. Because, again, at, at this point, you know, a year and a half ago, we're, we're saying, oh, Robert Dillingham and Gigi Jackson are UNC's 2023 <laughs> class. So, like, stuff changes, and it changes very, very quickly, as we've learned. So I, I would say um, it's a good kind of opening salvo for UNC to see if they can get those guys. And then, as we've seen, they, they've done a good job in recent years of pivoting 
when things that you know don't necessarily go their way. Uh, so if it's a situation, I, I personally think they probably will open up the point guard pool um, once AAU starts, just because Cadeau and Fland are, are two guys in high demand and you can't assume you're going to get you know one of them. Uh, they, they have obviously more information than we do, but I do think that's somewhere where you'll see the recruiting board expand pretty soon um, as you head into AAU season in, in April. And then, you know, from there, James Brown is the only, um, it's, it's almost disrespect to call people fives anymore. They get upset. He's the only <laughs> five, four that they've offered. Um, Jaron is kind of the remaining kind of three, four, four, three that they're really going after. So you do start to see a class within a class and some of their preferences just by who they've not offered and who they've gotten in on visits. Um, but again, stuff changes so quickly. You know, a kid will go on a visit to who, who's the school I pick on. Let's just say Sienna. He'll go to Sienna <laughs> on a visit and commit to Sienna and then they'll have to find someone else. And, you know, North Carolina went up with a class next year this time that doesn't look anything like what we thought it would. Um, so long way to go with 2024, but I do think they're in a good spot with a lot of guys. Uh, Sean, I want to ask you, you know, Travis did us a favor there where he mentioned a couple of guys that are loosely on UNC's radar but have not received offers. Sean, give me one or two of those guys you'd love to see North Carolina offer, you know, in the the not-too-distant future. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a good question in terms of, I guess, in terms of their offers. I was just staring at the the top 15 players in, in 24-7, and my mind kept going between, you know, Boogie Fland and Cadeau. And sorry, I'm, I'm going away from your question, but you know, which one of those two could, you know, could, could really be the, the potential point guard given the emphasis on that. We spent the summer, you know, when Stevenson initially and, and the guard, the wing, um, you know, two, three. And the question was, are they going to offer a point guard? Then all of a sudden Cadeau and Flan came down. And I think, you know, they've had early success with both of them getting them on campus. But I think to me, the, that's one of the main questions around the class is who do they get? Um, but in terms of other other offers, I think it's going to be probably a few months. Um, you know, I could potentially see one or two offers coming around the Christmas Christmas time um, from some of those tournaments. But I would, I would expect a lot of them really not to come, as as Cheryl has mentioned, until AU time, the springtime, and they really focus on who they who they've offered. Especially with Stevenson, right down the road, he was the first offer in the class, and trying to see, you know, does he continue to take visits, enjoy the process, or can they get him, um, you know, a little more, a little more interested. Travis, I want to ask you, you know, I appreciate you throwing out some of these other guys that are kind of on the radar. You mentioned earlier on when we talked about how UNC's class evolved and, and how Hubert Davis's style is still kind of TBD. How do you anticipate that people start figuring out how to play with the transfer portal? Right. I think what we saw this past year was, you know, UNC did a good job of of supplementing some of their needs uh, two years ago with Brady Manick uh, and Justin McCoy. And then this past year with Pete Nance. Do you think it's going to kind of be one of those things where each school just figures out, all right, we're going to get one guy in the portal every year or we're going to get two guys in the portal every year? And if so, is that the type of thing that can be repeated every year or do you feel like it's just going to be you know figured out as you get there? Uh, um think it's a mix of both because you uh, North Carolina is a little different. Typically, you know who's going to be there and leave yeah. at the end. Um, there's typically, there's rarely ever a surprise decision uh, for for the guys staying or leaving North Carolina. Um, sorry. 
but yeah, you typically will know, uh, okay, we need, we're going to need one or two guys like a Pete Nancer, a shooter, you, a big man. Like you, you kind of know the position, what you're going to be looking for. Um, to me, it's really hard to rely heavily on, on the transfer portal. So if you're looking for more than one or two pieces, you're putting yourself at risk. Now mm-hmm. we will say <laughs> whether we will want to, be, uh, people want to believe it or not, uh, the recruiting process of the transfer portal happens very early. Um, phone mm-hmm. calls will be, uh, being made honestly in the next couple of weeks when kids are already unhappy in their current circumstances, they're going to start putting out feelers to other schools. Um, how so, early? I'm sorry to step on you. How like in, in how how early have you seen? I bet he's already gotten phone calls uh, from, from people. I bet he has. <laughs> I will say I have all, some of it's been joking, but some of it is not of guys saying, "Hey, who's going to transfer at the end of this year?" Wow, uh, that question is already being asked. And but we have it like literally yeah. tonight is the first night that the season's starting. We've already got people looking towards where am I going next? It's freaking crazy, man. It's wow. absolutely crazy. So I'll say if if I go if if a school's going in and saying, Hey, we're gonna need we're going to want a big portal class. Screw high school. We are focusing solely on the portal. It's really hard. The portal's so competitive. One, two, again, I don't think all again, just like all high school recruiting classes aren't built the same. I don't mm-hmm. think all portal classes are built the same. I don't think this year's or this past this past spring's portal class is anywhere near as good as the portal class from before. People can argue with me all they want, but I, I don't think it's as good as what it was. Um, and I'm, this is off topic a little bit, but to the point um, of what I was saying about feeling out uh, Hubert Davis's style, this, or let's say halfway through the year last year, Brady Manick was um, – not Brady Manic at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think his evolution kind of evolved what Huber was looking for in a player in that. And that's why they went after a guy like Nance so hard. They fit a similar style. Both older experienced guys are skilled. They're smart. They make shots from three. Nance isn't as good of a shooter <clears throat> as, as Manic was. Maybe he proves us wrong this year because he only shot three attempts a game last year, shot 45%, which is astounding. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong that's not 40% on six attempts a game. Um, there's a bit of a difference there. So, um, but I think through that time, I think Huber Davis, okay, this is something I really valued. I saw was extremely valuable to us. Um, so that's why they're kind of evolving and in, in how they go after it. But to your point, to your question, going after one or two guys a year is, is pretty, um, I think it's going to be a pretty consistent strategy for a lot of teams across the country. I think it's a good strategy and you go after, uh, you prioritize uh, who you want in high school um, and you're going to see a lot less flyers taken. You're going to see a lot less high risk players that you take in terms of kids waited till the spring two years ago. Mm-hmm. If they're outside the top 150 and you, you have a pulse. There's a chance you're getting a high major offer by the end of the year. Cause everybody's scrambling this time around. That's not going to happen. You are going to prioritize your Elliot Cadeau's, your Ian Jackson's, your Boogie Flans. Um, and if that doesn't work out at the end of the day, um, across the board with the top 50, top 25 players, whatever you will, you're not going to go take a reach. You're just going to patiently wait out the portal at that point. Um, so it's a bit of a fluid situation as always, as it is always with recruiting, um, but relying on the portal for one or two key pieces, knowing skills that you're wanting. Um I think that's a, a pretty winning strategy. So uh, one name I wanted to add, and 
again, Travis, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, in 2024, we're talking about guys to watch out for. A name that I really like is Thomas Sorber. He's a, a big from uh, Pennsylvania. Of course, North Carolina really probably won't get involved until they find out what's going to happen with James Brown. But uh, watched him play with Team Final Six teams. Really, really enjoyed him. Um, think he has the the ability to be a really good um, back to the basket big. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, last thing, Travis, for you, um, you know, outside of North Carolina, just within the ACC, can you give us maybe two or three guys that you think highly of that you're really excited to watch in the ACC um, from this 2023 class? First, first one I'm going to throw at or, oh 2023 class. Yeah, the, who are who are signing? I was going to say current freshman. <laughs> freshman. Um, let me think. Uh, remind me some of these guys. I'm going to pull up the list while um, try to figure this out. ACC 2023 commits. Um, one guy who I know again Duke fans won't be excited about this, but one guy I'm really excited to see play is Sean Stewart. He's not a super flashy player going to Duke, um, but he's explosive. He's really strong, and he impacts winning. Uh, great rebounder, great defender. Um, again, not a polished score in the slightest, but the dude uh, goes out, and he's a workhorse out on the court. And, again, explosive, explosive player. Um, so that is definitely one in particular. I know he's not the most highly highly touted um, of the – Recruits coming in. Sorry, I'm still trying to pull this up here. Um, you guys caught me uh <laughs> that wasn't necessarily expecting. Um another one I'm gonna go with is gonna be Jalen Lowe going to Pittsburgh. He was one of those guys that broke out at Peach Jam mm. uh, and really crafty, really smart, um, extremely skilled, one of the best passers, if not the best passer. Um, in the entire class, he can make shots from three again, just crafty and savvy. Uh, he's got extremely thin frame, which is the concern moving forward. Um, but with how savvy and crafty he is, it's like one of those uh, interesting experiments to see does it work out at the high major level. And then lastly, Elijah Gertrude, Gertrude, um, going to Virginia, we have him ranked uh, inside shoot top 40 for sure um six four explosive guard um it's a bit of a uh i am interested to see how he fits at virginia um because again he's so explosive so athletic uh he's a really he's actually of course he's Simeon wilter's teammate on city rocks um and he can just really get up and down the floor he can really score um he's improving his shot his, his jump shot from three um so he's one guy that i thought was a sleeper um, well, we all did, and, and we really uh, kind of moved them really high up in the rankings after the July periods um, when they finished up. I think he has a tremendous amount of upside. Um, if he pieces it all together, if he figures it all out, because he's also a dog of a defender, um, that's probably where he translates immediately the most. Um, but uh, I think he's one that I think we could see uh, make a big, big jump come his uh, sophomore season like we, we're seeing with a lot of these guys lately um, and going off to the NBA draft. So um, those are three of them. Um, Elijah Gertrude, though, uh, I am a huge fan, and honestly, he would be number one on my board. For um for, for 2024, if you had to – if you're going to pick maybe two to three guys that – uh, you know, you could you could watch one time, or, or kind of the guys that you would want to see above above others, and they could be you know top ten guys or 
or other guys you think might be coming up as they go into their junior years, but who are the top two or three just that you would want to watch? Not, not that are the best, but just who you enjoy watching the most from a pure entertainment value. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, one who's kind of slept on a little bit is zoom Diallo get out of uh, Washington. Um, Got to see him uh, at Section 7. I didn't get to see him uh, over the AU period, but I've seen him plenty with his high school team and uh, also previous AU season. Um, but he's one I thoroughly enjoy watching. Big-time competitor, big-time athlete, um, just a dynamic guard. He's extremely difficult to to keep guys in front uh, or for guys to keep him in front. Uh, he's a good playmaker. He's a good scorer. Again, he's physical and plays well through contact and, and explosive athlete. Um, so he would definitely be up there. Aside from him, um, may have to go with Ian Jackson, just an electric guard, uh, tremendous athlete. Know what you're going to get out of him just about every single time he takes the floor. He's going to make some highlight real plays. He's going to score the basketball. He's going to compete at a high level. Um, may have to throw Flory Bedunga in there too. I don't know if I can throw mm-hmm. in there, but just an absolute animal. Um, extremely, uh, ex- just high motor, extremely high motor, tons of energy, um, blocks everything, dunks everything, but also has an improving skill set. He can score a little bit with his back to the basket and facing the rim. But every time out there, he is going to be an absolute monster and wreak havoc on the glass and defensively. And then again, rim running and just ripping the rim off. Um, So that will be who I'm rolling with there. All right, Travis, last question. We'll let you get out of here. Uh, Who's going to get freshman of the year in the NCAA this year? Uh, Nick Smith Jr. I think that's got to be the pick here. Arkansas? Uh, yeah, the way they're going to use him this year, he's going to have complete freedom. Um, he's going to, to me, he's going to be similar to what JD Note. I don't know if you guys watched much of Arkansas last year, uh, but JD Note, they basically handed the keys halfway through the season, and he was going out there putting up 20 points a game, uh, mm-hmm. going off for 30. Uh, he had an explosive game against Kentucky, I want to say in the SEC tournament. Um, Maybe it was just late into the season. I can't remember. It was maybe it had been in February. It doesn't matter. I feel but, like he had 30 I mean, and a half or something one, one game. Yeah, it was something year. like that. It was something insane. Yeah. He just absolutely exploded. Um, but how they used him just gave him the keys and said, go out there and get buckets and uh, make things happen for us. I think that's how they're going to use Nick Smith. And, and Nick is, frankly, more talented than J.D. Note. It's not even close. Um, he may not be. He may not have the acumen that a guy who is a four-year player have mm-hmm. uh, where they just know how to go out there and, and score and get to their spots and create and uh, take better shots, whatever. Uh, but Nick, going to be an explosive scorer. He's going to have those big, big nights, but he's also a ta- really talented passer. Sees the floor, he's a dog of a competitor, um, big-time defender on the defensive end. Um, so what he's going to be for that Arkansas team, and I again, I, I'm I'm one of those guys, I don't know if you guys have been following me, uh, much in what I've been saying, but uh, I, I am on a, on the Arkansas bus, must bus this year. Must bus. <laughs> um, I think that I do think it's going to be ugly at times because this is a it's a brand new team. Um, for the most part, they brought in a ton of new players, both from the portal and from high school. So it's going to take time for them to mesh. So I do not, like they just got blown out by 30 in one of their scrimmages last week. I can't remember who it was to. I think it was Texas. Um, got blown out. So uh, it's not going to look pretty at times, uh, but Muss always has his dudes competing 
towards the end of the season in conference play and they make deep runs. He gets the most out of his guys. Um, and I think there's so much talent on that team this year and headwayed and led by Nick Smith and what he does out on the floor. Um, long-winded way of saying he's my freshman of the year. And again, they're they're this team that um I think is gonna be make some serious noise come March. Love it, man. I'm actually I actually love watching Arkansas play too. Go ahead, Shrill. I was just saying Nick Smith won the final offers from Roy Williams uh <laughs> and before he retired as coach. That is a heck of a way to put a bow on the show and bring everything full circle. <laughs> well done, Sherell. That's why we pay you the medium bucks. All right, man. Well, Travis, we appreciate you joining us, man. I know you've got a your, your life is starting to slow down a little bit, but you've got a big night lined up watching a lot of ball. Uh, Sean, you've still got three hours of daylight left where you are, so uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, Sherell. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, all of you guys uh, appreciate it. You make this show what it is. Travis will talk to you down the road. Thanks to Johnny T-shirt for sponsoring. Thanks to John Siegley for producing, but for Sean Moran, for Cheryl McMillan, for Travis Brano, I'm Joey Powell. This has been the Coast to Coast Podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Late. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.